This episode is sponsored by The Jordan Harbinger Show. Jordan dives into the minds of fascinating people, from athletes, authors, and scientists to mobsters, spies, and hostage negotiators, all with the noble cause to make you a more informed, critical thinker to operate better in today's world. Jordan's also got a fun weekly segment, Feedback Friday, where he covers advice on everything from escaping a cult or psycho family situations to relationships and networking to even just asking for a raise. Point blank, Jordan Harbinger is smart, funny, and easy to listen to. You'll be pressed to find an episode without excellent conversation, a few laughs, and actionable advice that can directly improve your life. You can't go wrong with adding The Jordan Harbinger Show to your rotation. It's incredibly interesting. There's never a dull show. Search for The Jordan Harbinger Show. That's H-A-R-B as in boy, I-N as in Nancy, G-E-R on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to Dum Dums and Dragons, where improvisers who've never role-played before journey into the world of Dungeons and Dragons. I am the Grand Wizard Bukake, your host. Alan is still missing, but our heroes have freed Fandolin from the rule of the evil barrel. But can they survive the armed response of the Unseen Hand? Who is the mysterious figure they found in the former mayor's basement? Will Juniper become that creepy little girl again and kill everyone in their sleep? Find out next... On Dum Dums and Dragons. Who the fuck is that? I take the bag off. And you are shocked and surprised <gasps> to see what almost looks like an anthropomorphic hippopotamus face. And you realize this massive person is a race that perhaps you haven't seen before. Forget the race of the person who's tied up in this chair. I don't know if Quinny's ever seen a hippopotamus. <laughs> <laughs> I draw my sword like monster. Are we behind Quinny? I would assume yep, coming yep. down the stairs. Whoa, 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 whoa! Let's not jump to monster. <laughs> Hello, do I know who He's this got, is? No, you recognize though. He does seem to be wearing the outfit of Greywater. But he looks a bit rough, uh, and he's got a gag in his mouth. Okay, this is going to be a nod your head, yes or no scenario. You're gray water. Mm. That's not a nod, but I'll say I think that was it. That's a yes. friendly yeah. nod. No, no, no. <laughs> okay, are you on the evil gray water now that's burning down the land? Give one uh for yes and two uhs for no. Or were you good gray water before they signed up with the fucking unseen hand? That's a poor question, bro. <laughs> Honestly, I think he's a good guy. <laughs> I take the gag I heard off. Him say dude, so yeah. yeah, he's probably a good guy. I take the gag off and I say, Welcome to Fandolin, brother. And then I make out with him for a minute as we do our hellos in the Greywater Syndicate. That's canon. Yeah. And then I start untying him so he can stand up. Fortunately, I was into that. So that works (laughs) out well. Dave, tell us what you look like. All right. So I am a ponderously huge hippo-headed dude. In the good guy Greywater uniform that's been roughed up a little bit, scuffed and bloodied and whatnot. Looks like I've not had a good time last little while. I assume have been stripped of all of my weapons and money and fun stuff. Yeah, I'd say so as you get up and kind of dust yourself off, you kind of go over to the corner. You saw where they put your stuff. They didn't even put it that far away from you because, as you know, Yumi 2 is a master of interrogation. So he had you pretty well secured. So you're able to sort of get your gear and and load up on your stuff as you introduce yourself to these guys. Who are you and what were you doing in this basement? Uh, All right. Well, my name is Paul Ka. I was... (laughs) 
I'm sorry. Are you laughing at my ancient ancestral name? <laughs> Juniper. It's beautiful. It's joyful. I love it. I'm Juniper. Thank you very much. That is a lovely name, is what you should have said to me a second ago. <laughs> I um, apologize. I was just expressing my joy. Oh, okay. Well, we'll go with that for now. Quinny, you weren't the first problem. <laughs> I've been working with potatoes for the last little while. I'm not from around here, and we can get into where I'm from a little later, but I don't think that's important right now. That's okay. Juniper is also really secretive potatoes? about potatoes? No, no, no. Commander Potatoes. No. He's in charge of the Greywater Syndicate. There's an actual person walking around in the world right now whose name is Potatoes. Okay. He was my esteemed commander, so that's strike two over there, Juniper. <laughs> Unbelievable. I don't know if you've played baseball, Juniper, but you only get three strikes, so you really oh, just got to yeah, tone it down. Sorry, uh, that's another thing from where I'm from. Like, we'll talk about that later on, too. Anyway, it's not good. It's not a good thing that just happened there. It's so weird to watch this exchange happen and not be involved. <laughs> to not be, <laughs> not be the, the target of someone's ire. Well, you know, you got to keep it fresh for the folks at home. Otherwise, <laughs> it's just the same shit every time. <laughs> All right, so what happened? Something went wrong. I know you, me too, was in here before the house well, exploded. Well, yeah, so uh, Potatoes uh, is a good man. He's an honorable man. And then you, me too, kind of shows up and I think is uh, affecting his mind in some kind of negative way. He's not doing the honorable thing anymore. And now he's sieging the city and occupying it. And it's just, I, it, we're not even being paid to do this. And I don't Whoa. understand why Whoa. we're... Sorry, for, hey, for, for, for I'm a mercenary, okay? I'll do this for money. And now all of a sudden, my team is doing it just for the evil. And oh, I'm I, not into it. I think we were actually doing supportive woes. He's a thief and I'm former Greywater. So yeah, we're yeah, both. No. I get the financial orientation. Yeah, so that's you, like, you're that picking up on a button now. That's deeply a, tragic that's news. A, thank you. Fucking red flag for yeah. the Greywater and syndicate. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not about it. I, I do this for the money. And then once I take a contract, you know, I'm, I'm going to do the job. I'm a professional. I'm standing completely still. <laughs> <laughs> Just if you do anything, you will be penalized. Yeah. <laughs> So, Polka, we killed all the goblins up top. Yumi 2's run away. Oh, I don't know if you saw Barrel, but that fucker's dead. That's great news. Uh, honestly, we got to give some credit where credit's due. Juniper was the one who finished Barrel with a very impressive, glowing, terrifying sword strike. She did almost disintegrate some of the team, but she got her tattoos. Greywater tradition for punishment. Great. So I she's smile capable. very tentatively. All right. She's green, you know, so we got to teach her the ways. Yeah. And then Quinny's just a hardcore murdering badass. He went to hell for a bit, and then we brought him back. As you do. I got better. We got this town. We're not really sure what the next move is, but here's the deal. My family are the tinglers who run the Unseen Hand, and apparently they're running the Greywater Syndicate right now, and I don't fucking like that at yeah. all. Okay. So we had to save this town. This is where we started out, and the next step is to defeat feet pretty much all evil <laughs> so a big wow, goal that is a substantial second step right yeah we there. might need to get paid for that we might yeah, need to break that nice. down into more steps to get there <laughs> but i'm thinking we've got to reinforce this town because they're just going to get steamrolled again if we don't get on that and then we got to figure out what to do it sounds like you know more of what's going on than we do so why don't we all leave the gently burning house and then we can come up with a plan. So um, you all leave the basement. The mayor is still like collecting all of his participation ribbons and pictures and shit. And all you leave and you're kind of like, maybe do. we'll help him get out. <laughs> maybe he'll get out on his own. Doesn't really matter. He came in sixth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you make your way to Day for Your Benefit. Think like an Earl's generically friendly Times New Romany place. But currently you see a dwarf and a large gregarious man painting over the sign. And so far they've written... 
uncles. And they're like, come on Add in. an apostrophe S. Yes. Um, Zed, apostrophe Z. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's the 90s. They want to be cool. They have to be as anti-corporate as possible. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so edgy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you walk in and it's like, look, there's wacky shit on the walls. Anyway, we're part an of... An alligator Corp. wearing sunglasses? <laughs> now <laughs> I've seen everything. <laughs> Everyone in there is wearing suns out, guns out, tank tops. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like that gymmed up? <laughs> um, Uncle's Jim Jim's Margaritaville. <laughs> <laughs> so you're welcomed in, and even though he's covered in bandages, Alfie comes over and he's like, Hello, my name is Crazy Al. Oh, no. <laughs> we're sorry, we're trying he's, a new thing here, guys. It's um, implied that it was spelled with a K, right? Uh, yeah, yeah okay. absolutely. Yeah. I see you've eaten at Uncle's <laughs> Jim Jim's Margaritaville before. Um, well, come on in, and you can sit anywhere, even there. And he points to a chair that's been nailed into the ceiling. It's like, Whoa! <laughs> Can I show you to your table now, please? Yes, please. And I look over to Jim Jim and I'm like, honestly, you've had five minutes and I like the changes. <laughs> that is pretty impressive, frankly, for that amount of time. So honestly, I had a lot of time to think in prison. Yeah, so Alfie uh, shows you to a large booth where you can kind of get some planning done. So you guys get settled, uh, you get some drinks, and to Juniper's relief, rum is now back flowing. Uncle Jim Jim's got it going on. There's Worcester, Chester, Chester, Shots for sauce. everyone. Great, everyone's doing shots, apparently. Right. Shots of rum. Woo! <laughs> 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 We're going to say Save the town. <laughs> the menu is still the old menu, but they've tried to judge it up a bit by like drawing smiley faces on it. He apologizes and says, oh, we're, we're in the process of turning it over. Soon you'll be able to get Branding. crazy fries with a K. Fries is also spelled with a K. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and a Z. Crazy frikes. <laughs> They're like regular fries, but I have to go, <laughs> when I deliver them. It's it's exhausting So here. why can't we get those now? Because they're not spelled with a K yet. Oh, got okay, it. Got it's it. all about marketing. Okay, I'm rolling a dice. Goes back and you hear he's like, yeah, no, I'm going to need. No, I know. Just, just get me an order. Just stop baking cakes. Get me an order. You can do this. You can do this, Alfie. You are Alphonse Percival. You've got this. He comes out and he's like, whoa, and immediately trips and just fries <laughs> fall on his face and, and the salt gets in his wounds. He screams for a moment or two and then sheepishly goes back to get more fries. When he laughs very loudly and says, I love this restaurant. I say, come here, come here, Alfie. It's it's crazy Al now. Let's make you feel a little better. And I put a hand on his shoulder and I just say, Moonhammer loves a good pratfall. And I cast cure wounds on him. He looks much better. I mean, he is but a small town boy. He had never expected magic to happen for him. So with a spring in his step, he goes, slips on some fries, falls, breaks his nose, gets up and goes to get you more crazy fries. <laughs> and I look after him and I look to the rest of the table and I go, everybody gets one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But only <laughs> one. <laughs> Baseball's played differently where you're from, I understand. <laughs> Three strikes, one ball. <laughs> <laughs> Bloom! <laughs> um... Once your crazy fries arrive, uh, you've got some food, you've got some drinks. Polka, for you, you've been in a rough shape for a bit, so actually having food in front of you, particularly for like a giant hippo man. The number of Ks that are in these fries is very nourishing. It's really bringing me back. Yeah, yeah, vitamin, vitamin K. K. Yeah. K yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, you get a round of rum and you start to plan. So basically the situation is this. Fandolin is now back under your control. The militia's here, the battle wagon's here, Anna and Yevgenovich are arming everyone. They're helping get the town armed and ready. Gundren and Undren kind of know the score, and they're actually working on creating almost a town-wide panic room back in the Lost Mine. If shit gets real here again, people can fall back to that. They can scorch earth if they need to. But essentially, they're prepping to be kind of a base of the resistance. The city is not reinforced. However, you have armed everyone to the best of your abilities. And managed to deal with the goblin garrison. As you understand it, Polka, before you were taken, you know that the Greywater Syndicate was in the process of taking full control of Neverwinter. Up to that point, Greywater was mostly responsible for border patrol and keeping the city on lockdown. But it seems the Unseen Hand was beginning to turn its efforts towards Waterdeep, as Waterdeep was holding out longer than Neverwinter did. 
However, that was around the time Yumi 2 took you off the board. So last thing you remember, Commander Potatoes was hell-bent on maintaining control of the city. There was dissent in the ranks. Not all the Greywater folks were on side. A lot of them agreed with you. There are a lot of loyalists. So you suspect that if you were able to either convince Commander Potatoes to return to the side of mercenary good um, or... <laughs> the side of relative good. Relative yeah. good, yeah. yeah. Or to take control of Greywater yourself, that a lot of the loyalists would turn. It's just their sheep. It's the classic Game of Thrones mercenary scenario where we're a bunch of fantasy mercenaries. Who's our leader? Great, I'm following them. I don't like this guy. Oh, well, I guess this is what we're doing. But Potatoes also, as you know, has his elite unit of fries. And as long as they're on the board, most of the Greywater loyalists won't raise a finger because they're all elite mm. and uh, they're scary. So you are aware of a few things that you convey to the party. One is that currently sort of the big flashpoints, as you're aware of them, there is a large contingent of Greywater at the gate of Neverwinter. However, you do know that prisoners are often taken in and out of the city. And you suspect that loyalists or any recently taken prisoners will likely be being moved along the King's Road that leads along the coast. So currently, Fandolin is just off the coast. There's sort of that main road that you were on that leads north to Neverwinter. You suspect that there are probably prisoner transports going fairly frequently along there. Usually members of the Fries are there. So I think tactically what you would know is if you want to retake Neverwinter, the Fries have to go, Greywater has to turn, and then you can deal with the Unseen Hand threat in the city. Of course, to Quinny and Butthole, the mention of prisoner transports kind of piques your interest because, of course, you are wondering what the fuck happened to Bucky. And it seems that if he was taken, the odds are he may have ended up in one of these transports. So it seems like that might be a good place to start. Mm. All right. We're in war footing. So first, we should probably settle a contract. I know you're a gray water guy, Polka. I appreciate that. Right now, we are the resistance. So financially, I would say we got to put all our coin towards effectively resisting and not dying. But at the end of this, equal shares between the four of us. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Sick. Okay, good. I think we got to scout out where these routes are because we don't know where the prisoner transports are going. We need to know how many fries are on each thing. I don't know if we know anybody on the fries. Is it the same groups? Is it different groups? We got to plan our ambush there. And we really got to reinforce this town because right now they're like, we could go to the woods. And I'm like, there's no wall. There's no palisades. We just armed a bunch of people who don't know what's happening. Like, we need to really get this militia prepared. My vote would be that we spend three days to a week scouting out what the hell is going on while preparing the town. Thoughts? I uh, volunteer for the scouting mission. Uh, when we say we armed the townsfolk, like, well, what have we given them exactly? Like broken chair legs? Like, what are we talking <laughs> no, about? No, we here? brought down. So we have an unseen hand airship that we took over. So we've got okay. a delivery of swords. Daggers, bows, crossbows, All right, like so the we, good shit. We have like ranged weapons is what I'm asking. Yes. Because then if that's the case, then we don't even really need palisades so much. So much we need like a whole bunch of people who know how to shoot bows and arrows and crossbows, put them on rooftops and second levels of the or buildings tower, in town, yeah, yeah. lure our enemies into the village looking for people to kill and whatnot, and then light them up. Okay, Ooh. so knowing what Polka just said and generally agreeing with that plan, we're probably going to be on militia preparation. Yeah, I think that sounds like a fun idea. Juniper? You got a lot of nature in your suit. Do you want to join scouting party? Sure. I'm thinking when it's time, I could pretend to be a goblin that escaped and lure the fries over. Well, let's see if the fries have. Let's see if the fries have goblins with them because we don't know what they have. So, Juniper, knowing this went bad last time, when you're scouting, don't try to stage the rescue. Just look and remember, and then bring that information back. Observe and report. That okay, is I, I it. can do that. And then after and then we observe and report, <laughs> then here comes the boom yeah. when we get to the fight. But you got to observe and report first. Yeah. And you got to join our Patreon to get that fat fall joke. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget that, June. <laughs>
All right. So I think, Tom, we're going to split up. So we're going to send the two of them to go scout. Okay, great. And then you guys are going to reinforce Fandolin and train up the militia with ranged weapons yep. and the ability to launch ambushes. Yeah, we'll spend a week making this town a fucking death trap. <laughs> <laughs> Just going to go full Kevin McAllister on this town. Yeah, yes. Kevin McAllister shot a lot more people directly in the face. This episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Shopify. When we started podcasting, an online store was the furthest thing from our collective minds. But now we are selling some sick mugs. And it is so easy. All because we use Shopify. <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. It'll help you turn browsers into buyers because it has the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, which means curious people are more likely to buy from you. And you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. One of the big problems Shopify solved for us was international shipping. Our shipping prices if people were outside of the U.S. were through the roof. But the moment we switched over to Shopify, we were able to choose where our orders were being fulfilled from in different places, which meant shipping could be cheap for all of our fans everywhere around the globe. So if you were even thinking about opening a store, sign up now for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dumdums, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dumdums now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dumdums. That's D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-S. If you open a store with Shopify, you're going to be hearing that sound a lot. Greetings, loyal citizen of the conglomerata. It is I, your beloved CEO, Grayson Typhus of Typhus Industries, and I am here today to dissuade you from joining a rebellious element that seems to be growing, the Dum Dums and Dice Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. These hilarious and heartwarming rebel elements are attempting to bring down our dystopian regime, and we simply cannot have that. I'm told that rebels are flocking to this Patreon and joining for as little as $1 a month. That gives them access to other rebels in a Patreon-only Discord where they can discuss all the things that have happened in the shows. For $5, you can get an ad-free feed, but who would want that? After all, ads are the best part of the show. And at higher levels, you can even create an NPC of your very own and get your name in the closing credits. And that part I can get behind. After all, recognition is great. But you're not a rebel, are you? No, you would much rather be crushed under the boot of industry titans like myself. So carry on with your Patreon-free life. Unless, of course, you want these wonderful stories to continue, in which case me and my regulators will see you soon. Do we have stress again this session? Yes. So I'm going to say some time is going to pass. Obviously, we, we've been going pretty fast and furious, but because we're actually taking some time to scout things and plan things, I can say you've all had a long rest. You can all recover five stress. Dave, I'm actually going to give you eight stress because of your familiarity with the Greywater team and everything else. You might know things and, and have things that are slightly more reasonable for you to just magically have than the rest of these guys who are out in the woods, literally and figuratively. Let's take a couple minutes to come up with your plans, both for scouting in terms of what you guys mm -hmm. are looking 
looking for and how you want to approach that. For you guys, the plans as to how you want to reinforce the town, uh, then I'll make you roll some dice to see how effective your plans are. So Team Scouting Team and Team The Other Team both went off and made their plans before they returned to the table. Over the course of, say, a day, you get together, you start forming your plans. What do those plans look like? Let's start with Team Scouting. All right, our plan is to scout up the road north towards Neverwinter, not going any further than Thundertree. In terms of laying traps and obstacles on the road to Phandalin, we were thinking instead of murdering people on the way here and having everyone's kind of like guard up on the road, we would just wear them down and make them extra like tired and just not really have any fight in them by the time they got to us. Well, you have some and- training with traps, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, if we can get like rocks from the mines and stuff and block the road, force them to go around and set hunting traps, things like that in the woods. Yeah, anything horse-drawn, wagon loads of soldiers and stuff like that will have to be diverted and slowed down. The soldiers might have to get out and be easier to pick off and things like that. I was thinking all the like small rocks from like the cave-in and like the, the blast and stuff like that, we carry a bunch of those out and bury them like halfway into the road. So anyone walking on it, like anyone marching, basically, just like fucks their feet up and are more disorganized. And Yeah, dig some random holes. That yeah. hurt people and horses and shit. Yeah. This is going to be the most like mildly inconvenienced army ever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we'll yeah. kill them. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. For an even more inconvenient. <laughs> uh, guys, my day couldn't possibly get worse. Oh, hell. <laughs> and of course, scouting their patterns of movement and numbers. So the main two goals then are observe. Mm-hmm. And sabotaging and the road. sabotage. Yeah. yeah. For us, we have an elaborate battle plan. It is in the really, town, really detailed. We're using everybody in the whole town for this. This is an all-in thing. So we're splitting them up into combatants and non-combatants, which are like old, infirm children or anybody else who doesn't want to fight because there's nothing worse than somebody who doesn't want to be there on team ambush. Uh, so those people are going to be helping us, like fletching arrows, preparing crossbow bolts, and then building a series of other things that we need put together. So Tom, you sort of drew us an image of the town. So we got the town square vaguely in the middle, and then the road crosses through the center yes, of it on a correct. little curve. What we want to do is, forgive me, Polka, we came up with this together, <laughs> but I'll just kind of run through Oh no, through it. one voice. Here we go. All <laughs> right. So knowing that north, and for lack of a better term, east, are the roads into town. Mm-hmm. We're going to build a a firewall that we can light if we need to of rum blocking both of those roads in like a crescent. So it's like a half circle that surrounds the whole town. And to be clear, this is not like something that prevents Internet access. I'm talking like we actually want a wall of fire that yeah, surrounds so, the town uh, right now, like the super flammable rum that apparently is in play. The yeah. Norton maneuver. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. A series of palisades that can be dropped into place. So they're not like walls, but it's sort of like, you know, those spiky log things that you can sort of fall across so they'll block roads on, on both sides of the town square so we can drop it depending on which way the guys come in from. The north seems more likely to be attacked from, but we're just covering the east just in case. Mm-hmm. We're going to split our combat teams up into two groups. We've got what we're calling the kill squad, which are all our like swords, shields, armored like close combat people that's probably a small squad and we're gonna put uncle jim jim in charge of them because he's done the suicide squad last man standing zombie fight so we mm-hmm. figure he's got the best sort of metal for close-up fighting he ain't so, shook by mercenaries that's just he's not, that's, <laughs> yeah so they're gonna be on the south side of the square hiding inside houses and then we're gonna put everybody else in the houses surrounding the square close to the roof so they can go up to rain fire down on our, our assholes once they get into the square itself on the east road In between two droppable palisades, we want to put the battle wagon so that in our dream scenario, soldiers would come down and march into the square and then we drop both palisades, trapping them in. You know, like if it's a full army, half of them are there. Then we light the fire to keep reinforcements out. We shoot arrows down on them from above and the kill squad can engage holding them in the square so they can't run away. Then the battle wagon can just shoot its (laughs) Gatling gun into the square from behind a palisade. That'll be the start of our ambush. 
Uh, and then when shit starts to go bad there, if there's a small enough force left that they think they can survive, they can fall back to the mansion and hold out in the mansion. Or if it's bad, the battle wagon keeps the Gatling gun going and they just fall back into the woods and go back to the mine. We're going to have the women and children based in the mine after they do the work. We want to load as much food and water and supplies into the mine as we can. The last part of the ambush is we'll put some scouts, whoever our woodliest people, a ways out so they can spot if people are coming at us. And then if there's going to be any sort of artillery, cannons, ballista, anything long range, whoever's left of us, Polka, myself or whatever, we go out into the woods and our job is killing the artillery once the ambush gets sprung. The only potential downside of the literally the only potential downside <laughs> of this plan is that between invading mercenaries, ring of fire, Gatling gun, and God knows whatever else, this town is pretty much going to be in cinders by the end of it. I don't, I don't really see a scenario wherein the buildings are going to be still up for the townsfolk. Yeah, we'll no, try to save the people, but I think this town is pretty much... A week won't build us a good enough wall to hold off a mercenary no. company. So our, our training this week is the archers, we're assuming people have some hunting skills or stuff like that. We know we can't make super killers of anybody. It's more like waking them up at 2 a.m. and getting them used to like short-term ambushes and trying to make sure they don't break until they're told yeah, to. Yeah, it's trying to maintain discipline. And like when we say retreat back to the secondary position, you don't just run into the woods and be gone forever. Yeah, so Jim Jim's on Kill Squad and we're going to put Nundren and Gundren in charge of the archers because if they're going to stage a fallback through the woods or to the mine, they know the area the best. And we figure they're the least likely to make a poor decision. <laughs> Remember that time they hired you to guide them? <laughs> Listen, compared to everybody else, what are we going to do? Put the mayor in charge? No, they're very good at I doing what we tell them to the do. Militia. I just raised my hand. I'm assuming I'm fighting and not in the mine with the other women and children. No, we said you have to choose. That's the... Like, oh, well, okay. Yeah, I didn't hear that. We said non-combatant. There are women who are ready to, to get up there and fight. Yeah, we need <laughs> the bodies. So yes, please sign up. <laughs> Maybe not the children, but uh, maybe not not the children. <laughs> we're we're, we're going to give it a loose cutoff, and it's sort of like if the kid wants to fight and the parents say they're capable and they're over the age of 13, <laughs> we might put them in archer squad. So with your battle plans ready, you all set about starting to prepare Vandalin for its last stand. Basically, the way this is going to work is I've written myself up some handy charts to chart how many successes and failures you have in terms of your prep work. So, for Team Scouting Team... I like that title. Patent pending. <laughs> yeah, patent pending. <laughs> team Scouting Team, I'm going to need you to roll me a couple checks for the actual scouting of the convoy and for your prep work along the route. I'll leave it to you guys to determine who wants to roll for what. What skill are we using for scouting? That would be stealth. Oh, I I'm happily not volunteer. Stealthy. It's the best three out of five. Okay. So nat 20 on the first one. Oh, wow. Pretty good start. That actually happened. I Just because it. I enjoy it, that maths out to 30. <laughs> uh, and then that's a 16 on the second roll. 26 on the third roll. Another 16. You're good. I give you two for the crit success. Outstanding. All right. Over the course of the week, with Juniper's guidance, you're able to kind of figure out where the best places to hide are. And as a result, you're able to observe the convoy in great detail. So the convoy, as you see it, is essentially three horse-drawn prison carriages. Okay. So they're big. They're reinforced. Heavy metal on the sides. Very heavy-looking uh, wagons. Each one has a driver, two mules pulling the cart. Each cart seems to have uh, its own honor guard. Mm. So the first cart has four mercenaries and two archers. The mercenaries keep an eye out on the sides, and as we'll see in a minute, how difficult their ride is. But basically, they're they're the ones who are just there to kind of clear the brush and make sure Got it. Got nothing's it. up. The second cart seems to be a little more heavily guarded. Mm. Um, there's two guys in heavy armor with large swords. 
sort of like knights and a, a couple of people in robes who are bitching about having to travel this far. The final cart just has a couple of really grisly looking berserker types. Oh, so holding like, axes. like barbarian, like shirtless dudes yeah, and stuff. Yeah. Okay. The convoy seems to be moving pretty smoothly and that's what you see so far. Can I ask anything or do you want to just kind of carry this forward and uh, we'll you can ask stuff later? Two questions. Okay. The convoy consists strictly of prison wagons and no artillery or infantry carrying wagons? Do I see Bucky in any of the prison wagons? Uh, the prison wagons work? are fully enclosed. Think carriages that have been reinforced. Almost more like a vault. Okay. Like a medieval paddy so wagon. No, no yeah, a medieval paddy wagon. Okay. There don't seem to be any windows on it. I guess that's my two. Thank you. Juniper, in terms of setting up these environmental delays and distractions, mm-hmm. uh, what kind of check would you like to roll for those? Would it be like athletics? I'd give think? you athletics for dragging trees yeah. and shit into the road. So sure. So okay. success fail matrix out of five and roll please. All right. That's a nat one. 14, 12, 18, and nat 20. Ooh. Okay. That was real. I was real getting worried there, but the I think start. that nat 20 might have helped us. <laughs> it might bounce out that nat one. <laughs> yep. So, Juniper, you've spent enough time traveling in the woods to know what has inconvenienced you. Mm-hmm. So, it's less that you're like, I'm a master trapper, and more that you're like, oh man, I fucking hate having to step over logs. <laughs> so, you basically just rush hour traffic up the road. So, that slows the convoy down considerably. You do notice they're actually very efficient at getting the carts up and over stuff. People are good at clearing stuff. However, you can tell that the carts are very heavy. So mm. occasionally when there's rocks or something, it's a real struggle for them to get Excellent. over. Excellent. Because of how delayed they are, Quinny, I'm going to give you two more questions. Two more questions. You can think about them. I will need to. Thank yeah, you. Great. Meanwhile, back in Fandolin proper, for the two of you gentlemen, I've got two success-fail matrices for building the physical defenses and for training the troops. I imagine because I've got more of the wisdom and charisma, I'll take the training the troops, and you've got more strength and dexterity, we'll probably put you on building shit. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Sold. So roll those bones, please. All right, I'm going to use guidance, because I'm all about them gods. Yo. (laughs) What am I rolling specifically for this one, Tom? I'd say persuasion. Okay, so the first one is a 12, 22, 18, 29, that's a nat 20. Okay, great. So you're a hero of Phandalin. You guys built the temple. You shut down the mine. You drove out the red spider. You brought down the red brand brigands. The sixth place mayor is a big fan of you. So he's like hyping you guys. And so even though the people are very scared about what's coming, they also truly believe that you're acting in their best interests and that you're going to keep them safe. So they become efficient. Uh, the other nice thing is the weapons you've been handing out are military-grade things. So a lot of the crossbows and stuff are fire and forget. They're built for any idiot to use. And luckily, you've got a bunch of idiots. So they're looking uh, pretty well-equipped and ready for the task at hand. All right, Polka, let's roll for establishing the defenses. So how do you want to do this? Do you want to use um, athletics? I think athletics use... makes a lot of All sense. Right, it is also, good. coincidentally, my highest attribute. So let's Excellent. go ahead and do that. Uh, anyone who has ever played board games or role-playing games with me knows that I am famously terrible at rolling dice. Oh. Uh, get ready for a bunch of low results. It's uh, 16. 17. That's 18. Ooh, okay. 24. Defying all logic, that's 25. Excellent. Yay! <laughs> what we've now demonstrated is you can leave the gray water, but the gray water never leaves you. <laughs> no, that's right. <laughs> So you've had a lot of experience over the years in in reinforcing things, particularly because Greywater often has to set up camps. So, you know, you get back into the swing of things. And it's nice after being restrained for so long to kind of get out and, and work the muscles. So I think it's a lot of like a log over each shoulder stuff. Uh, this butthole is yelling orders to people in the woods. It's a lot of juniper finding like the most awkward tree and point to Quinny. It's like 
try to pick a Christmas tree. Like, you guys like that one? It's like, no, not quite. Quinny, try another one. Quinny's like, that one? You're like, that one's real bad. Let's do it. <laughs> exactly. Just leave the Charlie Brown tree for later. So you've all rolled very, very well. So you feel that Fandolin is about as prepped as it could be, given the circumstances you have and the things at your disposal. Quinny, you still have two questions based on your observations of the carts. I guess, and this is kind of a weird one, but does one cart seem more heavy laden than the other? Like, does one appear to be especially full of something or someone or anything? The second and third carts seem very, very heavy. They seem very heavy compared to the first cart. Comparatively assumed to be empty cart at the front now. Okay. And I guess my last question would be about the robed individuals. Can I get a little more insight into their nature in this unit and what their purpose would be specifically? Trying to figure out if they're going to be doing healing magic or offensive magic. God. Okay. So that's not great. That'll be a seven total. I mean, they look pretty wizardly. (laughs) We got wizards! 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 We got wizards! Seriously, no one cares. Just to give you a sense of how I'm going to try and run this crazy guerrilla combat encounter, uh, we're basically going to do it in phases. We've just completed phase one, which was the approach. So this was getting everything ready, getting everything as set up as you possibly can. Phase two is going to be engagement. So before we snap into that, any last things you want to do, last minute prep? Do we know what Quinny's seen? Has that been relayed yes, back? Yes, because this, this is over the span of a while. So they scouted pretty far up the road. They've been running back and forth. Knowing we have this firewall and we don't want to fight the whole thing at once... We keep the berserkers on the other side of the firewall. Like we light it up once they're through. Are they spaced out or are they not? It's a caravan. So it's all one long traveling. Or do we just want to drop a tree in between them? Like just go as unsubtle as possible. And then they know there's an ambush. Yeah, no. Do you know what? I think we might just have to put ourselves in town and we're just going to have to rush those fucking magic users. I think I have a a good solution that could put me kind of behind their rear ranks. Mm -hmm. Let's hear what you got. Yeah. So I've got a custom built crossbow that is also a war pick. Oh, Um, shit. Yeah. But it being custom built, and I'm from a place far away that we don't really want to talk about right now, but it's got some other tricks. So I've got one that will be able to put me where I need to be. Do we want to talk about then maybe hiding in the woods, flanking the caravan as they come through, and then attacking from the side? Or why don't we put ourselves in the buildings closest to where the fire starts? Yeah. I'm thinking if Polka and I do that, then we can A, be the ones to light the fire, and B, hit the berserkers, which seem like they're pretty nasty. Quinny and Juniper, we can put you on kill wizards in the first wave of the assault. And we'll just tell our archers to focus there. Because we can let the swords guy just try to hold off the knights and fight whoever comes at them. We'll be on berserkers. You guys be on the wizards. Okay. And then we'll stage the fallback if shit goes bad. All right. Sounds good. Okay. I'm so happy no one's yelling, wizard fight. Well, yet. Now, now you put that idea <laughs> Juniper, in Juniper, that is a really <laughs> weird thing for you to share with the group. Uh, 100% that's going to go down now. We are going know. to fight them. Yeah. And chant. Shut, shut up, you guys. <laughs> so the carts are rolling in towards town. You take up your positions. The battle wagon is kind of hidden further to the east. The carts are just starting to pull up alongside. Now, keep in mind, Fandolin is off the main road. So what is your plan for getting them into Fandolin? I think we would just stage a bunch of trees down. Like, it would just be so long for them to move stuff out of the way. We'd be very careful with that. That would have taken the whole Mm. week because we'd rig it up so it looks like a lightning strike or whatever, hit a copse of trees, and they all went down. Sure. So I think basically what happened there was you're like, hey, Yevgenovich, make sure this road is clear. And then he came back two (laughs) days later, and it was just a complete disaster. He's like, I don't know. I don't know. I cleared the trees. (laughs) I'm Yevgenovich. Okay, so that's fine. So that diverts them. So you can see the carts awkwardly pulling. There's some grumbling from amongst the ranks. Like, they're clearly not 
super pleased about having to divert. And they uh, they start to pull in the first cart. I've got them labeled as Alpha, Beta, and Charlie. Alpha cart is coming through first. So we've got to wait until at least two of them are in the square. Yeah. Can we fit all three in the square or just two, Tom? Probably two and then one slightly behind it. I would say after the first two hit the square, because we practiced all our timing on this, that's when the Palisades fall in front and behind them, and our machine gun will open up. And hopefully and as, everybody goes on the, the machine fire gun. lights, maybe uh, even if Charlie Wagon could be like right over top of the flame ring as it came through. If there's space to do that, yeah. Otherwise, we just really want to shut them down so they're just dealing with us. Yeah, pretty much. Can I get uh, stealth checks from those who are hiding, please? Do we have advantage because we prepared? I would give you advantage because you prepared, except that these guys are very vigilant. They're on the lookout for stuff. So just roll regular. Ah, there it is. Mm, Seven. Eleven. 26. Seven. So the carts start to roll into town, and it's not so much that they see you guys hiding, because obviously you're not standing in windows doing that stupid thing from movies where, like, I'm spying, but I'm outside. But more so, they just start to notice that the town is eerily quiet, that there aren't any people around. You can see the lead cart. One of the mercs kind of throws his hand up, and he's like, hey, I don't know, with those trees in this town being pretty quiet, something something's not right here. So the carts are slowing. Currently, cart alpha is sort of on the edge of town square. Beta is kind of in the road to town square. Charlie is just pulled in. All right, I'm going to stand up and I'm going to wave. Hey, guys, Greywater here. And I flash an old school Greywater syndicate hand signal. Freelancer, listen, we saw the road was down. They sent us ahead as scouts. I know it seems crazy right now, but all I'm saying is we cleared the town. You know, we had the whole goblin set up here. Those guys cleared a little bit north. We didn't want anybody around to confuse things. Go through fast. You should stay clear. Can you roll me a deception check, please? Six. (laughs) That's good, right? So uh, the mercenary nods. He's like, all right, sounds good. Thank you. Turns to his friend. He's like, can't trust goblins. And they start to roll further into town. Wait, that worked? <laughs> Listen, I, I keep waving. I'm like saying my hellos. And I'm just counting down until I see where the palisade can fall behind that second wagon. And the moment we can go, okay, we just open up. Yep. So the cart rolls in. Second cart rolls in. Boom. I kick the stick next to me and my palisade falls. The one on the other side falls. And then the battle wagon <laughs> cover like falls and the Gatling gun <laughs> opens up. So as the first palisade <laughs> falls, the lead merc yells, now! And the, the two mages kind of mutter some words. And you see two bubbles, sort of like force bubbles appear around them. And their central cart also pops open. So it's a bunch of like, and a uh, a minotaur leaps out of it. So let's all roll initiative and get into combat. Okay. 17. 16. 24. Nice. 19. Guys are itching for a fight. Okay. So first thing that happens, Yevgenovich yells, it's party time! And starts cranking (laughs) the the hand crank on the machine gun. (laughs) Much to his surprise, though, the two mercs up front who, again, they're all dressed in standard gray water mercenary garb. The two of them both throw up energy shields uh, and despite looking like soldiers, seem to have something else going on. So his bullets cascade off those, kind of fly off into the trees. He also rolled very poorly. Well, maybe Anna will help him with those hand grenades <laughs> she keeps tossing. We'll see. She's not made of hand grenades. Who are those with the energy shields? On cart alpha, those would be Merc A and B. Okay. Sorry, I'm not going to give them all fun names because no, there's okay. just too many fucking people this time around. One of them is named Carvin <laughs> and we'll never hear his name again. He's the first one. <laughs> to die. <laughs> so that brings us to top of the round. We've got Polka. All right, sweet. Seeing more energy shields on the field than I think I might have anticipated. 
before breaking out the super duper surprise that I have in store, uh, I'm going to take a regular shot to lure them into a false sense of security. Hmm. So of the non-energy shield people, are there any wizardy types who look like they could be exposed at any point or are they all? Uh, so currently the two mages to either side of beta have force bubbles up. Yeah, pivotal question here. So their force shields of the guys up front are throwing up. Does it look like it's protecting them all around their it body? It does not. It looks like they're throwing the a lot of attention into forward. All shields to forward. So never mind that thing about not doing the super deep surprise. <laughs> now is the time to do it. So um, what I've got is I've got my war axe slash crossbow here. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to straddle it where I'm standing on the pickaxe part and like pulling a pogo stick. And I'm going to fire my rocket launcher that I have underneath it, which propels me over to a flanking position on those dudes so I can take one of them out. I love this. Excuse me? Yeah. <laughs> so I need two things from you. One, yeah. I need to know what your crossbow is called. Does that okay. have a cool name? It does. Bernice. Amazing. So Bernice <laughs> opens up. Uh, and two, what do you yell as you're launched through the wall and into the sky? Probably say something in another language, but it's probably something along the lines of... Uh, what was it? The Rocketeer say something similar when you kind of like take stuff like that? Oh, fuck, probably. I need to see that movie again. This is what I'm talking about. I saw it when I was that, eight. Timothy Dalton. Yeah, in your face. Okay, you know what? That's what I'm saying as I fly across. <laughs> take that, Timothy Dalton. And, and one of the no mer- one understands that, but it, it may mean something very important. In yeah, it's very important to your people. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, so can you please roll me an athletics check to hold on to that sweet, sweet Bernice <laughs> as you're launched sweet Bernice. skyward? I sure hope Timothy Dalton's in the Rocketeer. Oh! That's a nat one. Did I mention something about me and dice <laughs> i think i did did timothy dalton just polka shoots himself in the foot <laughs> with a rocket i think i just launched bernice, yeah, bernice and just I, goes and I'm out of your still, hands. still standing here As, so yeah let's go with that uh so bernice uh, spirals up and out of the window and spins off and, and sort of lands out near the town square and as she does so a small note flutters down from inside her she says Fuck you, Polka. <laughs> you, me too. And you realize that, of course, you wouldn't have just left your weapons untouched. Yeah. Totally fucked with them because he's a prick. Yeah, that does track. So what we've learned is <laughs> you should have said, fuck you, me too. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's just a confusing statement to hear, though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> This episode of Dum Dums and Dragons features the voices of Ryan LaPlante at the Ryan LaPlante on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Laura Hamstra at El Hamstring on Twitter, our special guest, and our DM Tom McGee at McGee TD on Twitter. This episode's sound was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra. And Dum Dums and Dragons artwork is by Del Borovic, who can be found at delborovic.com. Our theme songs are And Now for That Massive Coronary and Skipping Through the Orchestra Pit Part 1 by Peter Gresser. And our ad music is No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar. J-A-H. ZZAR, all available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. But most importantly, we've got merchandise at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice, or you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B D-U-M-B D-I-C-E. And tune in next week for more Dum Dums and Dragons. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Greetings, people of Earth. My name is Schmo Brannigan. I have hacked into this RSS feed with a promotional feature for the Wizard Scroll podcast, transcribing in 3, 2, 1. Hold on, let me unfurl this Wizard Scroll real quick. Went out of Baba Boy. Nowhere, 10 humongous scorpions had surrounded the campsite. Tails outstretched. Hello, welcome to McDonald's. Uh, can I take your order? As he says, what are you gonna get? I don't know what I want. I'm gonna get the double 
Uh, triple uh, lobster. Oh, I'll take one too. Two Mick lobsters. As if on cue, the camera panned upwards, directing everyone's attention towards the giant hot air balloon presently taking a pass over the stadium. Holy mother of sassafras, it's Gargo the Destroyer! Leaping into the frame from 420 feet in the air without a parachute! How are you liking those wizard flags, kids? They're wizard-tastic! Part of a bounce practice. The Wizard Scroll is available on iTunes, Spotify, Audible, and wherever else fine podcasts are found. This concludes today's promotional feature.